welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Help Myself Podcast. I am your host, John M. Singletary Sr. You know I got to put that senior in there because I got a junior. And as of Sunday, August 29th, 2021, I am officially the parent of a 16-year-old. I don't know why the difference between 15 and 16 just feels so significant, but my baby is 16 years old. We did a, uh, recreated a pic of me holding him when he was a baby, and I'm shocked that he, <laughs> I'm shocked that he, uh, he played along with it. He was giggling and laughing the whole time, man, and it was hilarious. Um, and man, so I'm excited. I am excited. Uh, what I want to do, this is Help Wanted. I'm, I'm introing, but obviously this is our Help Wanted segment. And I want to send a Help Wanted shout out to all of the folks um, that sent well wishes and happy birthdays via text, calls, emails, all of the comments on social media. Man, the outpouring of love was incredible. Uh, I posted it on a fatherhood group on Facebook, man, and we're up to 1,500 likes and counting and probably somewhere near to 100 comments. Uh, my initial post where I recreate the picture, like at 300 and some odd likes. Those are numbers that uh, I don't approach unless LJ is in the picture. So, you know, obviously I know what my secret sauce is. <laughs> But I mean, here we are two, three days after the fact and the happy birthdays and the blessings and the prayers and the well wishes are still pouring in. And I want to say thank you to all of you. Um, obviously, his family did it big. We, we spent a little time with his grandmother. This is the first time they had kind of got to celebrate the birthday in person since his mother had passed. And so, you know, they did their thing, man, and the gifts rolling in. And I lost my mind. I mean... I bought him about four or five pairs of shoes, uh, and there was a pair of special edition uh, Air Jordan 1 mids, the orange joints. I had to get them, man, because those are hard to come by, and they happened to have them. And I said, yo, you got a 12? She was like, no, nah, we don't have a 12. And then she went back, she's like, it says we have one. Let me check. And she was like, you want to try them on? I'm like, no, I'm going to buy them now. I ain't, mm -mm, nope. So I lost my mind, you know. He brought in a good haul, but that's my baby. That's the only one I got, man. So shout out to everybody. That's my help wanted, man. I'm thankful to all of you for the outpouring of love. It was a great day, man. Got a video, got a video from a very special part. Like it was a great day. I appreciate all of you. Much love, much thanks to all of you. And uh, you have really increased my happiness and my joy. I don't think I say it enough, but listen, I, I really, I don't care how you treat me because I'm an adult, I can process it however I need to. But whenever you love on my son, it is an act of love to me. And I appreciate you all so much. So with that being said, how about we get into today's episode of the Help Myself Podcast? Let's go. All right, y'all. All right, man. The Help Myself podcast. Um, let me drop a little note here. Earlier this week, 
I made a post about shadow work. Um, and I was so excited to discover shadow work because, you know, obviously I consider myself to be a worker of the light. I operate in inspiration, motivation, encouragement, personal development, leadership development, um, people. I'm in the people business. I believe in people. And so um, I'm definitely a practitioner of ways to increase the effectiveness and also the enjoyment of the human experience. It's very important to me. I'm all about purpose. And so I was excited to find out about shadow work in my own personal journey, but it was also exciting to share some of the things that I've experienced and encountered. And one of the things about self-work, um, you know, life comes at you fast, as, as I say often. Uh, used to have those nationwide insurance commercials where they talked about life coming at you fast. And, you know, sometimes the stuff they would do is just absolutely hilarious. And, and, and one of the things is, is the reality of it. Life just comes at you fast. A lot of times there's not a manual. A lot of times things are happening. You're not expected. And through the process of life, as we develop, as we grow, as we mature, there are certain defense mechanisms that we need to implement to protect ourselves, to protect our sanity, our mental, emotional, and even physical well-being. But, you know, sometimes when not in proper context, when not properly uh, taking the time to meditate upon, to think upon, to consider, sometimes those mechanisms that we've used to protect us will cause us to put up walls. And um, on a recent episode of Shop Talk with the fellas, one of the things that we discussed is, is that a wall is good when it's used for protection. But if you make the wall so high and so rigid that you can't exit it, that wall that was meant for protection can easily become a prison. And some of us become imprisoned by these mechanisms of defense that we put up. And that's when you run into problems when defense mechanisms become prisons. And so I think a life that is not meditated upon, a life that is not considered, a life that is not strategically, uh, well, you got to look back first before you can look strategically. So an unexamined life. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. I, I think that it's detrimental in a negative way to live an unexamined life. Why am I the way that I am? Why do I do some of the things that I do? What are my hangups? What are my strong points? What are the things that I like? The story that I often like to tell is the story of a young couple. And when the wife would cook, she had a, uh, she would cook, you know, uh, ham and she would cut the edges off of the ham, she cut it in a square. So she would cut the, the edges off and cut like a hunk of the meat off. And then she would cook it. And her husband asked, why do you cut the ham like that before you cook it? And she said, it's important to do it that way. My mom always did it that way. So that's the way you're supposed to cook it. And one day his mother-in-law was visiting and he asked her, he said, ma'am, my wife, your daughter, cuts the edges off of the ham before she cooks it. 
And she said, that's the way you're supposed to cook it. And I just want to know why y'all cut off so much of the ham and cook it like that. And the mother said, oh, baby, the only reason why I would cut the edges off is because all I had was a pan that was too small to get the entire ham in. So I had to cut the edges so it would fit in the pan. <laughs> and a lot of times we are doing things without proper context. And in this situation, it was wasteful because, you know, she obviously had a pan that was big enough for the whole ham. But uh, a lot of times we're doing things that are wasteful, that are hurtful, that are not needful in our lives because that's the only way we've known to do it or that's the way it's always been done. So life ought to be examined. And so as I talked about shadow work, I talked about some things that I discovered and I was on the fence about sharing this, but one of the leadership principles that I consistently teach is that the thing that you think might most discredit your leadership is probably the thing that will validate it the most. And so vulnerability is important because I've had to come to recognize that as I've reached a level of success and there are people that are looking at me and watching my journey and are being inspired by my journey that I'm not even aware of, I told y'all one of my superpowers is my density. <laughs> like one of the things I can never gauge properly is my value in somebody else's life. I don't even think about it. I just always think about, I need to try to bring value to situations to help people do this, this, that, and the other. And I never sit down and think maybe I'm valuable to this person. When I can say all the time, man, there's so many people that are valuable to me, but I never even consider whether or not I'm valuable to them. I just, I don't even think about it. And I think subconsciously, I probably just say, ah, whatever, I'm just here, there, you know, but here's something that I uncovered with the shadow work. Um, and man, this was very painful, but exciting. So I'll talk about what I discovered and then I will let you in on kind of the process that I used to get there. So I discovered that I have a tendency, um, you know, like when it comes to reaching out, calling, texting, or, you know, just wanting to hang out and spend time with people. I have a tendency not to put myself out there. Or like if, if I text you once or twice, I feel like that's enough. And if you haven't responded or if I don't hear back from you, you know, I'm not going to push the, uh, the envelope. I'm going to leave it at that. And doing introspection and talking to people that I care about and, and things like that, I found out that on the other end of that, it makes me seem aloof and uncaring. And some people said, yeah, you kind of come off arrogant, kind of like a jerk, like, you know, it's beneath you to check in or reach out to people. Now, let me flip it around on my side. Why? I discovered that I'm hesitant to reach out because I always feel like I'm bothering people. And so what the shadow work uncovered is that there is a childhood issue or trauma that has happened. Now, granted, 
Look, I had an interesting childhood, to say the least, stories upon stories. And I've touched on some of that in many episodes and different interviews and everything. It was it was it was interesting. I would not suggest my childhood for anybody else. I do everything in my power to make sure my son doesn't even get anywhere close to the type of childhood I had. I'm proud that I survived it and the lessons that I've learned. But I don't think any parent worth their salt would want their child to go through the things that I went through. And I discovered somewhere along the lines, no disrespect to any of my caretakers in my formative years, but somewhere along the line, I was made to feel like I was a bother and that just by existing, I was an inconvenience. And so it has manifested in behaviors where I am hesitant. Now, let me tell you where it gets really bad. If I really, really like and care for a person and they have high value to me and I'm really longing to be in their presence or to hear their counsel or just to hear their voice or, you know, just any type of, of, of wanting to be around or near and in communication with them. If it is heightened, it heightens my sense of unworthiness and of being a bother. And it makes me pull back even more because I'm like, if I am this desirous to be in touch with this person, I know I have to be a bother because of the way that I hold them in esteem. And that's that's very self, that's self-sabotage. That is very unhealthy. And it was hurtful because it hurt me as a grown man to realize that I'm walking around believing that I'm a bother to people. And so I had to do that work. And, but it was exciting because, check this out, never in my life, have I had the tools for self-improvement, for healing, uh, to do the work, the, the loving and caring circle of folks? Uh, you know, I, I've always had my boys, but they'll tell you, you know, like, I'm like, hey, I, I'll be quick to say, you know, we, we'll reach out to each other every once in a while, you know, and it's cool because we know that's how it is. We busy. But the truth is, I don't think any of us are that busy. And, you know, I just think sometimes I get caught up in that. I don't want to be a bother and I need to work on that. But I'm excited because I've recognized it. And now I can do the work to try to reverse that, to to talk about it, to, to deal with those issues. Because the one thing I realized is, is that I am embarking on a future that is new to me and I will not be able to be successful in that future as the person I am now. And it's going to require transformation. And I will not be able to navigate these new waters with my memory. I'm going to have to do it with my imagination. I said something right there. You might not have caught it. So you might want to rewind that part back. But the life you want to live can't come from your memory. It's got to come from your imagination. Onwards and upwards with that. So... One of the processes that I used is uh, when you're taking a look at shadow work, there's um, so light causes a shadow when it hits an object. And so with shadow work, it's a really good idea to look at a redeeming quality or something that you feel like is a really good quality and then try to see what the adverse is in your life. And then think about, you know, childhood, how what you think is, 
you know, like I would say that I'm a, um, I would say that, that, that I have talent as a public speaker, that I'm amazed at, you know, how well I can publicly speak a lot of times extemporaneously. But it's funny that, that I, I say it like that because I have years of experience. I've been doing public speaking for over 25 years. And, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's something that's part of me. It's one of those things where God just has an amazing sense of humor because you take somebody who's shy and introverted and you put them in arenas that require them to be in front of people and to talk. I'm like, you know, public speaking, ministry, recruiting. And I have been excellent in all of these endeavors when I am not naturally an extroverted life of the party uh, personality. I do have a huge personality, but I'm one of those folks that normally under other circumstances would have to warm up to people. I have learned. And uh, since this is my podcast, I'll tell you a quick story. I have learned how to come off as more extroverted in public situations because I have a script in my head. Um, but I get anxiety <laughs> at the idea of being in a crowd. I'm uncomfortable sometimes. Like, like if you take me to a party or an event and you're the person I know and everybody else, I don't know them. And like, you just bounce and be like, yeah, I'm gonna go do this, this, this and that. And you, you know, you, you mingle or whatever. Oh man, that, you all talk about the the highest form of torture for me. Like I'm going to be like trying to find an exit or <laughs> I figured my way out. But man, if you wanted to talk about a pet peeve, oh, I hate that. <laughs> can't stand it. I can't stand it. This is the bane of my very existence. And because of the way my friends are built, I know they're going to start trying to do that to me once they hit this episode just to see me squirm. But I have a script in my head and I've been crafting it for almost three decades, you know, responses, ways to start up conversations, to continue ways to respond when I like I make a lot of corny jokes when you meet me like, you know, so I come off as somebody that, that is in control and, and in a situation while meanwhile, you know, I'm really nervous. So I uh, I was. I was at, I was at the base and there was a um there was one of our younger troops that worked with all of the brand new folks that were coming into the Air Force and she was leaving and I saw her in the gym and she spoke to me but she spoke to me in a way to where I didn't have a scripted answer and when I look back on that it was hilarious to watch the matrix start glitching because when I talk to people it's usually hello how you doing? Hey, what's up? You know, this stuff you so I've got a script uh for a, a detailed script for all those different responses. This is what she said to me. She said, Hey, hey, sir, how you feeling? <laughs> Yo, I fell all the way apart because I didn't have a readily available script to respond to that. Man, it was hilarious. Trust me, I have built a script now. I have added that to my uh, list of responses and I have a script for that. And trust me, I know I'm going to catch it for my vulnerability, but so what? I ain't never scared. What? I ain't never scared. Hey! <laughs> but back to my story. So using public speaking as a skill to do the shadow work 
I realized that I have things to say, but I don't feel like people want to hear my voice. And so I crafted the ability to speak in public settings because I now possess a captive audience. Because conversationally, maybe I don't have the same opportunity to share what I'm feeling or what I think, because when people are going back and forth in debate form, which we call it debate, it's really fighting. Like we, debate is a very technical, uh, strategic thing. And a lot of people like to call arguing debating, and it's not debating. Debating is very structured, uh, very fact-based. You don't just get to just overpower people because you loud and you got a strong opinion. That's not debate. That's a different thing that has its place. I was going to call it something else because it's not my cup of tea, but uh, a lot of what we call debate, that's not true debate. Debate is is very structured. Um, it's a concept that is rooted in having your notes and your knowledge base and all this good stuff. So um, that's not my cup of tea. And if people are going on and somebody just wants to be heard and got a louder voice, I'll let them have it because I'm not going to argue with you. It ain't that serious to me to say what I have to say if it's that serious to you to do what you need to do to get up there. But one of the things about public speaking is it allows me an opportunity to share my mind, my thoughts, my impressions, and what I'm deeply feeling and weave it into a narrative because one of the things I've always been very imaginative and creative, you know, creating music and art. I used to draw, man, I still doodle pretty well, but I used to draw comic books and write stories and things like that. So when it comes to creative writing, things like that. So I'm very creative, but it's just the opportunity. And so I hone my skills of public speaking because it's an opportunity for me to leave my imprint of what my thoughts are and what's important to me. And I'm thankful that on my journey of maturing, what's become important to me is to encourage and inspire people and leave them with something that will um, give them a desire to be better at what they're passionate about, you know, to leave them with something to, to show them that they have value and there's something that is unique about them that they ought to craft. And that's what I'm passionate about to use any of my gifts and talents is to inspire people in that. And so that's the shadow work discovered that. And I just shared a secondary thing that shadow work has uh, uh, uncovered for me. And there's defense mechanisms. There's, there's trauma-based responses that we all have. And when you do the shadow work, you can understand that maybe I don't respond this way because there was a time when I felt this way when I tried to do it. So instead of going about and handling it in a healthy way, I continue to use unhealthy ways to express myself. And that's why the shadow work is so important. And I'm so excited because it's helping me on my path of transformation. And so, um, you know, I, <laughs> the shadow work part was supposed to be an antidote. And I was really going to talk about um, in your manifestations, in your prayer life, and in, in those types of things, I was going to talk about the concept of using principle versus using person, because I think sometimes we're too specific in things. And when I say too, 
too specific. I was about to say Pacific. <laughs> but one of the things that I mean when I say too specific is if I'm saying that I want to manifest a circle of people that will enrich me, I feel like I manifested a lot of people that are in my life, but I didn't manifest them specifically. I didn't say, hey, you know what, God, I want you to help me manifest Johnny Rocchio. You know, I didn't I didn't call out a name. I just understood the principle of the types of people. And then I was amazed at the results because there are people that I would have never imagined meeting that just came into my, you know, my circle and have come into my life and enriched me in so many ways. And, you know, sometimes I get myself in trouble by trying to dictate the action when if somebody comes into your life off of a manifestation of a good thing and of prayers prayed and of you working towards your highest self, we need to treat it like my basketball coach used to tell me. He used to tell me, Singletary, stop forcing the action and let the game come to you. <laughs> but that's another tangent. Um, I think I will, uh, I think I'll, I'll tackle that. Uh, in future episodes, I've also been asked by several people, and that several number is three, is to do a part two to Thoughts on a Marriage. So thank you so much for your support on that one. If you have not listened and you happen to be listening to this podcast, going back earlier on in the season, I think it was just two episodes ago, we talked about Thoughts on a Marriage, um, and I think I can really get more technical. There was still a lot more the, to uh, to really tackle in that but uh so shadow work so um i did an unscheduled rant on shadow work i believe that was last season so this is more of a scheduled rant on shadow work but this is more of a conceptual um and that there's so many different ways to do shadow work this is not the one definitive way this is a way that i found to be helpful for me and i'm sharing with you so just look at a strength that you believe you have and then kind of just reverse engineer the root cause of that strength and what might be the adverse of it and and go down the list like because a lot of your strengths and talents might come from positive places and if they do we obviously want to encourage that and we no matter where our strength came from we want to i want to definitely encourage you to continue to develop it but to look at some of the things and see if they have a root in trauma and then uncover that trauma and it is not fun smiles and happy dances it, it it is a painful process but it's a painful process to whereas if a man comes to you and he stabs you that wound is painful and to hurt you but if a a licensed medical professional comes in and cuts you for the purpose to surgically heal you then that is a cut that is to make you better and so sometimes we have to get in there and do that surgery and cut ourselves open so that we can be better because I want us all to live the absolute best version of ourselves. You deserve it. You don't deserve to live an unexamined, mediocre life. And so shadow work is a important part doing that examination and doing the work so that you don't continue to reverberate in the world as a broken, and hurting version of yourself, but to reverberate as the positive, powerful you that you absolutely can be. So 
that's all I am going to say on this week. I'm looking at my timer and I'm like, man, I'm I'm in my bag. I could probably go on with this for another 20, 30 minutes. But I'll just give you that little ski taste, as my homies in Texas would say. <laughs> and you can check it out. Later versions, I will get into the principles of the practice of prayer, meditation, and manifestation versus, you know, being too specific, but focusing on the principle and not the specific pattern or person. So we'll get into that later on in the season. And we got some more guests coming. I've got a special, special, special episode coming for y'all next week. We're going to make something right that got wrong on the first attempt. So I'm excited about it. You're going to be blessed by it. But I got to go pub this one. So listen to this episode. And then I got something for you next week, too. So all right, y'all be good. And if you can't be good, at least be careful. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and after another good episode, you know what's coming now. You see me trying to time myself so that I can. I'll be doing this without the music, so I can't tell when the drop is. But it's time for F Yo Couch. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I think that's what I'm going to start doing. If I'm having one of those difficult days, man, and I don't feel like doing something, I'm going to just start saying, F yo couch, man. For some reason, I get super hyped up. <laughs> and I know this is the last episode for the month of August. And I want to stay on the topic of humanity. You know, um, I know that, that uh, F yo couch section of this, of this podcast is to find specific ways to mobilize you to get active uh, in your personal life, in your communities, with your families, ways to to really actually um, get out there and get busy. So to get off of your couch and to get into action. And I know a lot of the things that I've talked about in these episodes have been kindness and 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 thinking about things and I'm gonna do it one more time and then we'll get back more into specific things activities organizations uh, that you can get tied into in the month of September but I just think about the video that was out circulating on social media a couple of years ago and this gentleman has since passed uh, but he was a homeless man and they were interviewing him man. and there is one part in there and I even shared a post on uh, Facebook probably last year I just found out that he had, had passed away a, a few years after that um, or before that and you know he was talking about you know a guy came up to him he's like you know you're a bum whatever and you know he got really emotional and he said I'm not a bum I'm a human being and I want to encourage you to engage the humanity of people this week because we have a tendency to, for lack of a better term, objectify people. And obviously we use objectification in a patriarchal way of men sexualizing women and objectifying them, but we objectify people often and a form of objectification is seeing a person for what they can provide and not who they are um as a leader 
I've experienced objectification because a lot of, not a lot of times, there are times when people see me as a means to an end because of the power and the position that I possess. And because they see me as a conduit to get what they want, a lot of times they don't realize my humanity. And my leaders, I'm thankful for my leaders because they're always telling me to take a mental health break because people have this idea, you know, they're like, man, if we ask Chief Singletary to do it, he gonna get it done. And um, I internalize that also, that I'm I produce results. Um, and then we do it in our homes. We do it with our family members, you know, um, well, you're supposed to do this for me. You're supposed to be there for me, or you're, you're supposed to, to do this, this, and that. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it's just that this is a person that that's having a real experience in, in this real world. And they're having their ups. And they're having their downs and they're having their struggles and the this and the that to it. And sometimes we can extend a little bit of grace. A comedian I follow, man, he he posted something that was really uh, a revelation to me, you know, and he said, it's just crazy to me how you tell people that you needed to take a mental health break and that you were depressed and you went away. And uh, when you come back, They'll be like, it's about time you come back. I've been waiting on these jokes or whatever. And, you know, just the idea that somebody would be vulnerable enough to say, hey, I'm in this place and I need to take some time. And your response when they get back is not, are you okay? Is there anything you want to talk about? We're glad to have you back. But it's, I needed you to please me and do what I want you to do. So I'm glad you're back. And that kind of gets into the point that I wanted to make about being too specific when you pray and you manifest in these things because people deserve to have autonomy over their own lives and how they live. One of the things that I say all the time, man, is that people don't fight this hard to be an adult so that they can have somebody else make these decisions that they've worked so hard to get to a point to where they can make their own decisions. You know, like, you know, <laughs> You out here paying all your bills and I'm telling you, if I was you, I wouldn't drive that car. I wouldn't live there. I wouldn't do this, this and that. Yeah, but I ain't paying none of them bills. I didn't pay the cost to be where you were. And so my opinion, I shouldn't feel so strongly about telling somebody who's putting in the work to be who they are and where they are, how they should do. Now, if you ask me my opinion and you really want it, then maybe that's more suitable. But it's not my business how you want to live your life. It's my business to offer what I have to offer. And if you are interested in my advice uh, or inspired by what I say, it's on you to decide this is the direction that I want to go. But uh, it's not up to me to tell you what direction I go. Obviously, the caveat being the people that work for me, they get paid to do what I tell them to do. <laughs> All my people know I ain't, I ain't built like that. It ain't about that. But I had to throw that in there because it was just sitting there. That was low-hanging fruit. I had to go for it. So, <laughs> But, hey, we're going to close out, man. As always, I thank y'all for rocking with the Help Myself podcast. Your support means everything to me. If you go into my links, there's a place where you can go in and record your feedback for the Help Myself podcast. It's also in my link tree that's in my Instagram profile, both the Help Myself podcast Instagram profile and my personal John M. Singletary Instagram profile. So go in there, 
leave me some feedback. Thank you so much for all of your support uh, of everything. And we're going to close out like we always close out. I can't help myself. I've got to inspire. I've got to encourage. I've got to empower. But I can help myself by being the absolute best version of myself. And you can too. So why not we do it together? All right, y'all. We out. Say